Stacey Alden here with Jessica Rogers for another group fitness report. Today is a special report. I'm going to say there's like special reports and then there's normal reports like the news. <laughs> Today's special, special report, high important report. Um, I have to share with you a little bit about Jessica, but before I do that, we are talking about what lessons Jessica has learned and we've all learned about connection even during times where we were pushed apart or we can some of us still are kind of being challenged with the need to maintain social distancing for certain participants to maintain mask wearing how are you able to continue that connection even though and there's some people who are in different spectrums some people are like absolutely comfortable and some people are definitely not so how do you communicate in the right way to your participants as an instructor and as the leader of your team to make sure that everyone's on the same page, everyone is respectful, and we're still building and fostering that connection. So thank you, Jessica, so much for being here. A history on myself and Jessica is that we started a long time ago. I don't even wanna, I don't even know how many years ago it was, but we started working together at uh, leading the pro club group fitness team. She was originally a group fitness instructor. We had transitioned out our previous supervisor at the club and i went up to jessica right away i think you were literally the first person i talked to it was like i think she's going to be great at this and uh approached her with the opportunity to become the group fitness supervisor come 2020 she recognized the opportunity and need to move to chicago her original hometown took the leap of faith to move to chicago sell her car like take her dog with her her awesome dog and all of this during a pandemic and has since become the fitness director at lakeshore sport and fitness in chicago and it's been really fun to stay connected throughout that transition as well as continue to learn from her the you know positives and maybe not so positives of leading a new team working with a new in a new environment with a different leadership team um, so we will definitely have Jessica on this report again, um, and her and I are actually talking about doing even more together because of the information and the just fun and the fun that we have to have and the things we have to laugh about in these roles. <laughs> so hopefully we can continue to help bring that to light. Um, so my first question for Miss Jessica is during the pandemic at Lakeshore, mm -hmm. you used and I remember seeing these on social media and you would still make these social media posts fun and interactive with your participants, even though you were all in these little pods mm -hmm. and I couldn't help but call them bubbles in the introduction to this, this video, just so people were like, would be like, what bubble? Like she worked out in a bubble. And I do know there were a lot of facilities that did this because they wanted to take it to that extra step and potentially they could work around you know, needing to wear a mask. So if you could share a little bit more about what they look like or like kind of help tell the story about them and then tell us some of the communication and connection strategies you learned in that yeah, environment. Absolutely. So thank you for that warm welcome, Stacey. <laughs> um, that was great. Um, so at my club, when I first joined in the height of the pandemic, we had what we called pods in all of our studios. And I had never seen them before in a pre-COVID world. So it was a very different way to teach and take class. So these pods, if you can imagine, they were like two sides of giant pieces of plexiglass that were held together by different plastic 
pieces of pipe Mm -hmm. and they would all be lined up in a row. These pods were maybe like seven or eight feet tall, maybe about six feet wide. So you can have your six feet of social distancing space and you would create rows of pods, just one next to another, next to another in the class. So that way you would have uh, pieces of plexiglass on all three sides of you with an open back. So if you can imagine in a big group fitness studio, about three or four rows of pods, a little walkway behind it so you can get to and from your pod and then more rows behind it. So our, our group fitness studio, uh, we had, I think about four rows of pods and then we had like two individual pods in either front corner um, next to the instructor pod in the front of the studio. Um, So it was a very different way of learning how to teach and learning how to take class as a participant. Mm -hmm. Um, So what was great about these pods were, first of all, it allowed us to keep classes going because living in Chicago, we had some very strict mandates and laws about the pandemic. Um, So when I first got here and started at the club, there was still a mask mandate in place. Um, And then very quickly, the mask mandate dropped after I had joined. And then within a matter of about two months, I think the mask mandate went back into effect. Um, So what was great about the pods is because they were considered an individual space, the city of Chicago would allow us to remove your pod once you're all set up in your your area. So participants would come, get their equipment fully masked, go to their pod, set up, and then unmask once they're there. And then if they needed to leave the studio, go get some water, go to the bathroom, they would have to put their pod back on to leave their their area. Um, So it was a very big learning experience on that. It took a lot. It took a while to get people comfortable with that. Um, And it took a while to get comfortable teaching to to people in pods because I don't think anyone has ever done it before and uh, before COVID hit. Uh, (laughs) So things that I learned about the pods were because you are seeing, you are essentially standing and looking at people through plexiglass, um, it could be very hard to see what the instructor is doing. Mm -hmm. So I had to rely a lot on verbal cueing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm an instructor who also likes to walk around the studio quite a bit and interact with my participants. And being in that pod, I wasn't able to do that. So I kind of felt like almost like I was stuck on a desert island. Like I really wanted to go out and be with my people and, um, and communicate with them and um, build them up being right in front of them, but I couldn't. So I was stuck in my little instructor pod, um, well, six feet by six feet um, and just being relying on a lot of verbal communication. Now I also tried to um, do a lot of physical demonstrating and just because I, we know some people learn differently. Not everyone is a verbal learner. We have a lot of visual learners. So making my movements over exaggerated. So that way, if I'm seeing through four layers of plexiglass, I might kind of know what's going on a little bit. Um, And one thing I also had to do was program my classes a little bit differently. So that would allow for more time to transition and more time for active recovery. Because Mm -hmm. if I'm typically giving someone a 60 second transition to go from one exercise to a next, I might amp it up to 90 seconds or even two minutes, depending on what it is to allow for extra time for cueing and directions because learning in a pod is a very, very different experience. than when you're just right in front of someone with no barriers. Yeah. And would you feel, did you feel like the temperature was a little different in the pod? Did you, or was it not really effective? It wasn't terribly effective. Um, 
I mean, I think that our temperature pretty much stayed the same. It did get sweaty in the pods at time. Oh, so you start yeah. to sweat on the pods and then it creates the steam and then it creates more smudges. So it just kind of- like, And then it's harder to see. And, and then, yeah. Oh, it's just wow. you know, one big cycle. So the pods were constantly cleaned as everything is during this time. Yeah. Uh, but it was it was very difficult to see, especially if you were in the back of the pods. And it just, it, it made it very difficult to create a connection amongst your participants. So it was like- an added challenge to to be able to connect with them because you like to go around and make eye contact and give someone a high five if you can. And when you're in a pod, you literally can't. Yeah. And what I'm hearing too is what's interesting is as you're explaining this, I'm realizing we had this interesting dynamic of some of us got to work out or still teach in person, Mm -hmm. maybe with or without a pod. Um, And at this point now we're pretty free (laughs) while we're in the group fitness studio. And then the other layer was we were in person or we had the pod and the mask and mm-hmm. all these barriers that may have seemed like barriers at the time, but hearing you explain all the kind of lessons you learned about how to communicate to your participants, but what's, because what's so special about Jessica's classes is that she wants to make sure that her participants understand and feel successful and all of us should feel that way. But we have to take those lessons, those big movements, those very clear articulated cues and then maybe staying in the front of the room or taming or taming down the programming or playing with the 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 timing of things so that you're seeing your participants be successful so i think we need to take those lessons now that we can be more free to where we are now we and then at virtual was a whole other experience i'm realizing so those three layers and virtual was tough because we really weren't with them but we could also it was a lot easier when it came to them being able to see us then well in some cases so it's still really it's all of the challenges we had i think really helped us enhance our teaching could i also ask because since you come from the space of being a group fitness or fitness manager mm-hmm. um how did you communicate was there any strategy with communicating to your team the changes as you oh yeah through that? Yeah, I mean, there were constant changes with the guidelines and the mandates. So just being very clear, um, I would always send an email to everyone uh, Mm -hmm. about what's going on, what to expect, because we know that as fitness managers, we might not always see the participants and our instructors are kind of like the first line of defense. So if there was ever a disgruntled participant who didn't agree with the mandate or whatever laws were in place at that time to send them directly to us. So we gave them that guideline. We let them know what was going on because things were constantly changing. And I am very fortunate right now that I have a very small team compared to what I had with you at pro club, Stacey. It's Mm -hmm. also been very interesting going from a hundred plus instructors to just a small handful. So I get to see my team on a daily basis so I can let them know face to face what's going on and what to expect with whatever changes are coming. I have to say, I think, I hope that was a lesson for some facilities that there needs to either be like there, I don't know what the magic number is, but there's gotta be like at least one person per like 20 to 30 people, (laughs) like not, not 150. for two, you know, there's, I think there really does need to be, it's not easy and I'm sure it's expensive, but I do think there's so much value in that having clear communication. That's what I've heard from instructors and coaches is the hardest when they're not getting that, that attention. Um, so thanks for sharing that because that actually wasn't our list of questions. So sorry to put you on the spot. Okay. So Jessica has also built and developed this program that she calls the leader or sorry, the leader, the women's empowerment program. Mm -hmm. And 
she's I, I'm going to let her talk more about it. But every time she posts a picture of the group of ladies, it's really um, interesting that she was able to build that so quickly as a new face in this new environment. So I'm really excited to hear um, everything she has to share about that. Okay, so um, my women's empowerment group has kind of become a little passion project for me. So my club traditionally has had a culture in a pre-COVID world because we are right downtown in downtown Chicago. We have we typically cater to a lot of business professionals and they would come in before they would go to work or after they would go to work or even on their lunch break because we are right in the heart of the business center. Then of course COVID hits, businesses get shut down. Um, so we lost quite a few members. But on the flip side, what we realized was that there are these great neighborhoods right in our backyard that have hundreds of thousands of residents who don't know that our club existed. So we kind of had to switch gears a little bit and start to cater more to residents and people who are still working from home to come in and join our club. So right around this time, we're kind of switching our business model, so to speak, to cater more to residences. And, uh, and what I've noticed is that this particular facility has a lot more male clients than female clients. It has that quote unquote bro culture, if you will. Uh, and so coming into this, one thing that my superiors had always wanted to do was build a stronger female community. So I remember this meeting that I had, it was with my supervisor and one of my female, uh, female instructors came to us with an idea of, she wanted to do some kind of like intro to weightlifting program for women, which sounds, which sounds great. And so we set up a meeting to talk about it. And just as we were going on in this meeting, goals weren't aligning. I think this instructor had one idea. We had another idea. So it just wasn't coming together the way we wanted it to. And that caused my supervisor to just say, what about just a women's empowerment workout program? And just a light bulb went off. It was like a ray of sunshine. And I'm like, oh, that sounds great. And he's like, oh, that's exactly the sound that I heard. I was like, the and the instructor said, no, I don't want to do that. And we were in this meeting for my instructor. And I, I just said, oh, I said, I do, I want to do that. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Passed, and I just kind of mm -hmm. took the reins and, and ran with it. So it took a few months of planning. And what we started doing, we started just one night a week. At first, it it's kind of changed and evolved a little bit. We started it last October was our official launch date. And it started off being open to both members here and women in the community. And you can sign up uh, through Eventbrite. And we would have a different workout every week. We would do like a 45 minute group fitness class. And then we would go up to our bar area and have some drinks and light bites and social time. And one, uh, one piece of feedback that I've been getting from members coming into the club is that a year, a year and a half of COVID, they're just joining a gym or they don't really know where to start. So this kind of takes the guesswork out of it. And I've also, I also was getting feedback of, women just not knowing anyone, women miss socializing with each other. And I think all of us have missed socializing with each other over the past few years. So we decided just to put those two elements together. So we would do different fitness classes every week just to kind of see what their main interests are, what would perform better than the others. And then it became so popular, we added another night. So we now do it two times a week. It's still open to non-members. I would say about 90, 95% of our women's empowerment regulars are members of the club, uh, but we still invite guests to come in and we do a workout, we go up to the bar and we socialize after. And it's a real, it's become a really, really fun community and to see how that's, that's turned out. 
it's been really fun to watch. Just, I think, to see it evolve so quickly because you've, I think the formula you've created really works. Like Mm -hmm. you said, the title or the name, I think, is really what like sets it off because I don't even need a, like, normally I would need a class description. Like I just wrote something about descriptions for classes and like titles for classes. And what I love about it is it's simple. It's absolutely two words. And from that, or well, three, I guess, but you can read it and you, and you don't even really, you don't even have to really know what it is. You just have a feeling about it. You know, you know, even if this is hard, I'm going to feel empowered or someone's going to be there to support me or a group of women are going to be there to support me. So I can't help but love just the, the air of which it gives you, because like you said, beginning or women's weightlifting is absolutely fine. Like still helpful, still valuable, but mm-hmm. it's not necessarily we we might not that might not be what some women are looking for you know they might just want to move and that already is intimidating because they don't even know if they want to touch a weight yet so definitely we kind of get ahead of ourselves in the industry and i think what's so great about this the name of this program is that it has that word empowerment in it and it's not about fitness really right you're doing fitness together but it's about more than that Mm -hmm. and the social hour i think is brilliant because that's just what women love to do (laughs) They love to do that. So um, it's been, it's been really incredible just to see, and it's definitely evolved. We've definitely had our ups and downs over the past, what, almost nine months now. Uh, But it's been very, very cool to see how these women connect. I mean, we have a core group of women now and they're so accepting to everyone else who come in. Like we have a group now who they like walk home together every night. Like they found a buddy to walk home with late at night in Chicago, which is always a good thing. They go to concerts together. I was just invited to one of their birthday parties and three of these girls just they just baked me a birthday cake and brought it to class and it was it's been very very cool and they've been so welcoming to to new members of the community which has been which has been really great to see. Yeah, no, that's so great. So, so great. Um, so we'll kind of stay in touch on that because I'm, I'm excited to see it evolve. Um, and then the third question really I wanted to just chat about before we take off is now that we've talked about you know the pods that you've learned so many lessons in the program that you've built at lakeshore and now looking into the future i know you and i have continued to talk about the cases continuing to go up and down in the you know the plague that shall not be named and the because i think it like turns you off on youtube or something i don't know (laughs) when you say the name but um now that we're, we think we may be out of the weeds, we have to just, I think, as leaders, recognize that anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Remember that. Um, remember those lessons. So what are you seeing as far as participants? Is there a mix of people who are comfortable, a mix of people who are uncomfortable? And how do you tend to approach that as a leader and an instructor? So with my particular groups, most people right now are pretty comfortable. I don't see a whole lot of masks right now. Most people come up and they give hugs to each other, uh, but we do still have the few who come in masked and they want to separate themselves from the group, not because they don't want to be social and not because they don't want to participate, just because it's their own safety beliefs. They feel safer being apart. And I just had to, I've come to understand that that's fine. I'm not going to be able to change someone's mind and let and tell them that they should be comfortable when it's 
their belief that they're not, I can't change their minds. And I just need to respect how they feel and make them feel as comfortable as possible. So up until about, I'd say about a month and a half ago, we still had about two or three pods left in the back of the studio, just Mm -hmm. for those people who still want to get a workout and be amongst their peers, but still have that safe area of the pod. So it's still been a challenge to try to cue to them and almost been more of a challenge when you have a good majority of the group on the center floor, but you still have a few people in the pods because you're essentially queuing to two classes. So that's been a very interesting, a very interesting learning experience as well. We had a bar class for my women's empowerment group one night, and we had the portable bars that were set up across the, the main studio. And of course I had two participants who still wanted to use a pod and that's fine. And I'm not going to tell them that they should leave the pod and go up to the bar and be crowded amongst the rest of the women. But I also didn't have enough bars or a bar that small to put inside of the pod. So I had to improvise and I had them grab a body bar and use a body bar for the bar. So do you just have to make do with what you're given and not make it a big deal and make them feel accepted and comfortable either way. So I had to cue about 90% of my participants to go to the bar and my other two participants to pick up their body bar and similar cues, but different. So it it was a great class. And I don't think anyone noticed that anything was different except for me. So it all worked out. That's huge. That's like the best way to approach it. I love hearing that story because that's exactly right. I think you know, especially when I teach cycling, it feels similar. There's times where I feel like I'm teaching two classes because the cues I I spoke about pre-pandemic when people weren't in masks, like go to breathless. You can do that without a mask on. When you have a mask on, no, no, no. (laughs) You're not going to, you're already close to breathless the whole class. Yeah. (laughs) So I I really found that, but I didn't want to call out the mask either. Like you, I love that you explained it took, respect. So it's just respect, not ignoring those people mm-hmm. and still making them feel part of the class, but mm-hmm. not in highlighting the fact that they're still uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So your cueing probably had to be in a way you're mentally thinking like, okay, there's a pot over here there. You have to put this over here. Like all the things that go on in a group fitness ma- instructor's head that you have no idea happens. Yeah. And like you said, they probably, you're right. Didn't even notice that there was a, that it was different or that it was challenging for you because you just made it happen. Yeah. Um, so that's really great. Um, and yeah, cause I think there is this element of them feeling self-conscious already sure. that they, they really may, I mean, no one enjoys being in the pod and no one enjoys wearing the mask, but <laughs> they're there and they're doing what they feel comfortable with for whatever reason they, you know, have to do that. So I think that is, is really great to hear that story. So you just have to continue to, I think, understand that and be understanding. Yeah. And just respect their personal space. And you can very clearly see, even if someone's not in a mask or they're not in a pod, if you go up to them to give them a high five or try to get a little bit closer to give them some, some feedback, they, they almost like physically shy away from you now. And you need to, you need to be respectful of that. So just letting them know that, you know, they're doing a great job and, reinforcing whatever it is that they're doing and then walking away and giving them the space that they want. Yes. That's awesome. That's so great. Jessica, it was so much fun catching up before this and then chatting through this discussion as well. I'm sure everyone found it really valuable. Um, 
I also, of course, I'm going to continue to bring you on. We have to also announce that Jessica's birthday is this weekend. So super excited for her. Happy birthday. Also, um, the ladies of Lakeshore or the Women's Empowerment Program is doing a birthday party for her. So that's how much she's influenced them. I think that's super, super cool. I saw that on Instagram yesterday and I was like, that's so awesome. Yeah, they were great. So, (laughs) So exciting. See you next month. Thanks, Jessica. Thank you, Stacey.